Hi, fantasy readers. This is Corinne Norton, your fellow book binger, and you are listening to the Finding Fantasy Reads podcast, where you can test out a new fantasy story every single week to find your next favorite author. If you haven't listened to the last four episodes, you'll want to go back and do that, because this is the fifth and final episode sharing Nutcracker of Crystal Fall by K.L. Moody. If you haven't checked out Kay's website over the course of this series of episodes, I highly recommend that you do. In addition to freebies and info about her series, she has a store where you can purchase directly from her. You can also go straight to the store by going to martinpressbooks.com. Purchasing directly from authors always puts more money in their pocket and usually ends up being a better deal for you, either because it's cheaper or it includes extra fun things like signatures and swag. I highly recommend checking out all of your favorite authors' websites to see if they have this option, especially for gift shopping, although it's clearly too late to order gifts for Christmas. But seriously, who needs Christmas to gift a book? All right, I won't make you wait any longer for the end of the story. Please enjoy part five of Nutcracker of Crystal Fall by K.L. Moody. Chapter 17. With eyes slammed shut, Clara couldn't tell what surface her body landed against. Was it the black, pebbled soil of Crystal Fall? Or had she missed the door and landed on the stone cavern with the trolls behind her? One peek through her eyelids would provide the answer, but a rock-hard sensation in her belly made her too afraid to try. Clara. The sound of Revan's voice sent a rush of relief through her. She had made it to Crystal Fall. When she finally dared open her eyes, he had already dropped to his knees in front of her. She had to arch her back slightly to see past him to the center of the valley. The tree looked decent. Many of the branches had already been attached correctly. Apparently, her drawing had been good enough after all. Only about half of the branches remained. After her examination, she finally turned her gaze back to Revan. He performed an examination of his own, searching her arms and face and side. His brow furrowed as he searched. She couldn't imagine why he looked at her so intently or what he could be searching for unless he was searching for injuries. One corner of her mouth lifted. Were you worried about me? Yes, Revan answered without hesitation. Plumia would not tell me what happened to you. His arms opened almost like he intended to wrap her up in them. At the last moment, he lifted one hand instead, brushing a thumb across her cheek. I am glad to see you well. At the mention of Plumia, Clara glanced across the valley to search for the little pixie. She found the creature sitting on a rock, except something about her looked duller than usual. At that moment, the tree's golden hue darkened to a wooden brown. The pulse only lasted a split second, but when the tree returned to its usual color, the gold looked significantly less brilliant than before. Gathering her velvety pink skirt in one hand, Clara got to her feet and started toward the tree. They still had a lot of work to do. Revan reached for a nearby branch. I was going to attach this one next, right in this spot. He didn't ask a question, but the way he looked at her still made the inquiry clear. Even though several of the branches had been attached correctly, he clearly still trusted her to choose the right spot better than him. 
With a swift nod, she glanced at the tree and then at the branch. Her gaze turned back to the tree again. Maybe try that spot, just a little lower. By the time she finished speaking, he already had the branch against the tree in exactly the spot she pointed out. When he melted it against the tree with his magic, it attached perfectly, as golden as the trunk, without any line of brown running through it. Neither of them could enjoy the victory, though, because Fritz huffed loudly behind them. Where is the crown? Revan tugged Clara a little closer to himself, and then he glared at Fritz. You think I left it as a crown? He gestured upward to the golden branches with glittering emerald leaves. The pieces are back up there where they should be. Only Fairy itself can choose the ruler of this court. I would not look to defy Fairy if I were you. When he finished speaking, King Pavel stepped out from the other side of the golden tree with his three soldiers behind him. Revan took a step back and stared wide-eyed. He must have been so distracted by the tree that he hadn't noticed anyone step through the door until Clara had come hurtling through it. The king tilted his head to the side. And what about me? Do you think I'm wrong for trying to become leader of this land? Clara donned her sweetest smile and edged her shoulder in front of Revan's chest slightly. It's just the enchantment. He cannot help it. He cannot do anything except save the tree. Revan's eyes narrowed as he turned toward her. What an— She grabbed his hand and pulled him away from the king and the other soldiers. Come on, Revan. I tried to keep them back as long as possible, but the trolls will be here soon. They are not very happy with me. Revan kept trying to catch her gaze, probably wondering about the enchantment. Since the king hadn't known it, Revan probably didn't understand that mortals could lie. That would take more time to explain than they had. They needed to focus on the tree. As they moved toward the next tree branch, Revan looked up at the sky and scowled. I did not realize night had fallen already. The trolls will be able to leave their cavern. Here, try this branch next. Clara gestured toward the longest branch still sitting on the black soil. I'm almost certain it goes right above that branch we just attached. While they moved, the king threw a glare at Fritz. And where is my crown? Fritz stared open-mouthed at him before throwing his hands into the air. Is every face stupid? You could make a crown out of anything, out of the grass even. Why am I the only one who has even tried? He started up the hill, heading straight for the strands of green pearls that formed the grass. Clara was almost certain they did not want Fritz to finish his crown. But right now, saving the tree had to be the highest priority. The second branch did not attach perfectly on the first try, but after adjusting it slightly higher on the trunk, they finally got it to attach without a line of brown inside it. Biting her lip, Clara glanced back at Plumia. The pixie slumped on her rock. Her wings wilted and looked decidedly less shimmery than they had in Fairfrost. Are you almost finished? Even Plumia's voice sounded wispy and tired compared to earlier. Clara gulped at the sound of it. She pointed out another branch, which Revan lifted immediately. But by the time he held it against the tree, Plumia's wings sagged even more. Right there, Clara picked at the collar of her dress as she waited for Revan's magic to attach the branch. It was getting easier now that only a few open spots remained but they still had several branches left. The golden branch attached perfectly, but almost immediately afterward, 
the entire tree pulsed brown and wooden. It took three whole seconds before it changed back to gold. Even then, the gold appeared duller than ever. Sucking in a sharp inhale, Clara turned to Revan. We need to hurry. He didn't have time to offer a response. Before he could, a chorus of growls and gurgles erupted from the top of the hill. The trolls had arrived. Chapter 18 Clara set her feet shoulder-width apart atop the black soil of Crystal Fall. She slowed her breath until it came out steady and sure. Maybe she'd never been in a fight before meeting Revan, but she had spent years enduring shouts and screams and baseless accusations. She didn't know how to wield an axe, but if she had learned anything since coming to Fairy, she knew how to stand her ground. The trolls stood at the top of the hill, their green skin clear even in the dusky light. They gurgled and shouted words that sounded more like coughs. Their fists clenched and they bared their rock-like teeth. But when they began to charge forward, they didn't move in the direction Clara expected. Her stomach flopped over on itself as the trolls began running. They didn't come down the hill. They didn't come toward Clara or the tree or any of the sprites. Instead, they ran toward Fritz. Her mouth twisted up in the lightest smile. Of course they would be angry at him. She should have realized that. After all, he had blatantly betrayed them when asking for a better offer from King Pobble. Maybe the trolls wouldn't be an issue. She spun on her heel and immediately moved toward the next tree branch she wanted to attach. Revan stood with an open mouth, staring at the trolls. After she caught his attention, he shook his head and grabbed a golden branch. She pointed out where it and the next two tree branches belonged. They only had a dozen left to attach, which made it even easier to see where the pieces went. Kill it, the trolls shouted, nearly to Fritz's location now. Fritz dropped the partially finished crown made of grassy strands of green pearls. He took a step back. In that moment, a new fear took hold of Clara, one that twisted deeper than seeing those trolls at the top of the hill. It was such a subtle thing, but she had learned by now to fear it more than anything else. Maybe Fritz was frightened, but he also had a look of scheming on his face. For all his faults, no one could think as quickly as him. No one could turn things in his favor with only a handful of words. Just before the trolls reached him, the fear on Fritz's face turned to one of confusion. His entire body slouched, as if he were as relaxed as a sleepy man sitting next to a cozy fire. The change in his demeanor was enough to make a few of the trolls stumble. That couldn't be good. Fritz shrugged with complete confusion and utter relaxation. What are you doing? he asked the trolls. The words ripped the fight out of them just long enough for the trolls to stop running. They stumbled to a stop. It only took a breath before their shock wore off. The troll at the front of the group lifted a finger and jammed it toward Fritz. You betrayer! You die! But Fritz shook his head and pinched the bridge of his nose. No, no, no! You don't want to kill me! You want to kill her! He gestured down the hill and straight at Clara. She's the one who trapped you under that golden net, which probably would have crushed you if you hadn't escaped. She's the one who killed your troll king. 
The trolls blinked their big eyes, unclenching their fists as they tilted their heads to the side. Fritz stood taller now. A smirk even formed on his mouth. And you hate the pixies, too, for how they tried to hurt you last time you were here. Remember how they threw gems into your eyes? The trolls started nodding. Clara gulped, but she didn't have time to waste worrying about the trolls. They'd be charging down that hill soon enough, which meant they needed to get the rest of the branches onto the tree as quickly as possible. Get that one here. She gestured at a tree branch across the valley, and then rushed to the one closest to her. Revan still stared at the trolls. Revan, get the branch! When he finally tore his gaze away, his posture was as wilted as the features on his face. You are in danger. Yes, and standing here isn't going to change that. Now grab that branch so we can save this tree. We only have a few moments before we have to deal with those trolls. A swarm of pixies suddenly arrived. Their little chiming wings sounded more like broken glass when they flew. The creatures didn't even seem to notice the trolls. The pixies just flew down to where Plumia slumped, and then they all slumped on the rocks and ground around her. The tree pulsed brown. Each of the pixies groaned and held their stomachs, as if they could feel the pain of the tree right inside them. Fritz stood taller than ever. Fire had entered his tone, fire that fueled the trolls. Fritz practically shouted now, You only want two things, to destroy that tree and to destroy that girl. That one last cry roused the trolls into action. They roared and charged down the hill, louder than ever. Clara had a heavy golden branch in her hands. She dragged it toward the tree as well as she could. She wasn't much use with her mortal strength. At least Revan had managed to attach another two branches before the trolls made it to the valley. Once they got to the bottom, Revan rushed forward until he positioned himself directly in front of Clara. She pushed him away at once. Don't worry about me. Just focus on saving that tree. He looked about as eager about leaving her as she was about being betrothed to Fritz. When he wouldn't move, she conceded slightly. Fine, I'll move with you so you can protect me and save the tree at the same time. Her words convinced him. As he darted to the left, she moved with him, letting him stay between her and the trolls with every step. At the edge of the valley, the pixies started screaming and shouting at the trolls, but with their weakened bodies, they sounded no more intimidating than a light wind rustling a few leaves. A troll swiped an enormous arm at Revan, attempting to get past him to crush Clara. Revan jumped and slammed both his feet just above the troll's ankle. The troll stumbled backward while Revan flipped in the air until he landed safely on two feet again. He then took Clara's hand and dragged her toward the next tree branch. As she ran, she noticed Fritz had gone back to working on the crown. On the other side of the valley, King Pavel and his three soldiers stood casually. They watched the fight as if it were an interesting play put on by actors. Since the king only cared about getting a crown made of items from Crystalfall, it made sense that he stayed back. Still, it seemed supremely out of place for them to be standing there when her life was at risk. Revan lifted a tree branch and reached for her hand. Before he could grab it, one of the trolls had somehow come up behind her and snatched her around the waist. Its fist squeezed tightly around her middle, 
pushing out the breath she had in her lungs. When Revan tried to come toward her, she screamed at him, Just save the tree! You can worry about me after that! Her face must have blazed with conviction, because he actually listened to her this time. Except then, she realized something she probably should have realized from the start. While one of the trolls squeezed her, probably hoping to cause her death, two of the other trolls rushed for the tree. With their huge, rocky arms, they ripped off golden branches that had only recently been reattached. Somehow, she had forgotten that these trolls destroyed the tree in the first place. It wasn't enough to save the tree. Thanks to Fritz's suggestion, the trolls would now do everything in their power to rip apart the tree, and her, and keep them both from ever being saved. Her gut sank as the truth settled in. It wasn't enough to distract the trolls and keep them busy until the tree was repaired. To truly save the tree, they had to get rid of the trolls. Even as the troll holding her squeezed and shouted in her ear, she just sighed. They had to kill the trolls. Once again, Clara faced an impossible enemy, and she didn't even have a weapon. Then again, instead of focusing on a weapon, her first concern probably needed to be getting out of the grasp of the troll that was currently trying to squeeze her to death. Her focus turned to the troll's arms and then to her stomach. Nothing there offered a way out. Turning backward, she glanced at the troll's face. It snarled at her and tightened its grip at the same time. She let out a gasp, losing the last of her air. Her chest heaved, aching to breathe. Even her fingers had difficulty moving when her entire body strained. But it didn't matter now. She had finally seen her way out. At the same time, she jammed her foot against the troll's elbow and then rammed her own elbow into the troll's stony stomach. If she'd done either action on its own, it probably wouldn't have accomplished much. But done at the same time, her actions served to tilt the troll's arms at the perfect angle so she could slip out from its grip. Before the troll realized what had happened, her golden slippers had hit the ground. She broke into a run. A relieved breath escaped from Revan when he saw her escape the troll's grasp. When he tried to come after her, she just shoved her pointer finger toward the tree. I can take care of the trolls, but I can't save the tree. I need you to focus on that. He grimaced when another troll lumbered toward her, but did as she asked. It would be even harder for him now since several other trolls had ripped off branches, undoing his work while he tried to attach the last few branches. Clara's chest constricted as she ran. She hadn't caught her breath yet, but she had no time to waste. She had to get to the pixies. They were slumped on the rocks and soil like before. Their clothes made of gems looked more like clothes made of dull gray rocks. Clara swallowed hard. I need your help. Plumia managed to lift her head, but her expression made it clear that whether help was needed or not, it didn't matter. The pixies would not be able to do anything. Still, Clara had to try. She rolled her shoulders back. We have to kill the trolls in order to stop them, but I can't do that without a weapon. You gave me this dress and shoes. Can't you make me a weapon, too? On the very last word of her sentence, a troll reached her and slammed her to the ground. 
The troll tried to press its heavy foot against her chest, but she managed to roll away just in time. She only allowed herself a single breath before she jumped up and formed a fist with one hand. It was probably useless, but that wouldn't stop her from trying. Using every ounce of strength inside her, she slammed her fist into the soft skin just under the troll's arm. A huge puff of air erupted from the troll's mouth at the contact. It smelled of dead fish and sour olives. The troll stumbled back, but Clara couldn't appreciate the victory at all. It wouldn't be enough. If she'd had a weapon, it would have been enough, but a single punch from a mere mortal? Already, the troll came at her again, even angrier than before. Using her smaller size to her advantage, she rushed ahead in one direction, then immediately pivoted to another direction. The troll tried to pursue her. Its large body easily became disoriented when it tried to follow her movements. But even that wasn't enough. The troll was huge, plus two more were coming. They'd get her soon enough. She managed to glance at the tree. Revan had done his best, and the trolls mostly ignored him while he worked. But the trolls had also ripped apart branches. There were now over a dozen left to attach, even though a few minutes ago there had been less than a dozen. A tight knot formed around Clara's heart. King Pavel and his soldiers continued to watch the spectacle with only the lightest amount of interest. At the top of the hill, Fritz had almost finished with the crown. In that moment, she finally realized what she'd been trying to ignore. They were going to lose. There were too many trolls and no one left to fight them. If Clara had a weapon, maybe they'd have a slight chance, but the pixies had already lost too much power to help her with that. Her chin quivered as she ducked to miss a troll's fist. What good had it really done to leave her home? If she had stayed, she would have married Fritz and never been happy again. But wouldn't that have been better than dying? Inside her chest, the smallest, tiniest spark of warmth lit. It spread outward in tendrils that felt like a roaring fire capable of melting an entire snowstorm. Maybe she was about to die. Maybe she wouldn't get a chance to live as long as she hoped. But coming to fairy had given her something she never had in the mortal realm. It gave her a chance to see herself as someone great, as someone who could be impressive, even if she couldn't read. The spark in her chest grew until it surged through all her limbs. She had power now that she'd never had in the mortal realm, power that no one could take away. When a troll grabbed her by the ankles and slammed her body against the ground, she just laughed. You're going to have to do better than that if you want to stop me. The troll flashed its teeth at her, but she just did the same back at it. The troll growled in response. It growled, and then it did something she hadn't expected at all. It turned away from her. The troll attacking her and the one next to it both rushed away from her and headed toward the pixies. The trolls pounded their fists against their palms and ground their teeth with each step. She gulped and ran after them. The fire in her chest gave her strength, but she knew it might not be enough. Using her agility and small size against them, she managed to reach the pixies first. She struck her limbs outward, trying to turn her body into a wall between the pixies and the trolls. The trolls took the bait. 
their focus immediately shifted away from the pixies. In a flash, they hit her with their fists and pinned her to the ground. One of the trolls pressed its foot against her chest, squeezing away the little air she had. The other troll held her feet down, preventing her from kicking her way out of the situation. Her hands punched and her hips wriggled, but it didn't matter. She couldn't free herself. The trolls growled above her, and only one thought filled her mind. One thought that frightened and calmed her all at the same time. At least I got to live one great adventure before I die. Chapter 19 Clara struggled to breathe under the weight of the troll's foot. When her life flashed before her eyes, it mostly skipped over her time in the mortal realm. A few nice memories with Heidi surfaced, but the rest blew past in the blink of an eye. Most of her time in the mortal realm had been pointless anyway. And heartbreaking and boring and everything she'd wanted to escape when she left. Now her days in fairy filled her mind. The rolling hills of Crystal Fall with its golden trees, emerald leaves, and glittering jeweled pink flowers. The pixies and their fanciful dances had made her as beautiful as one of the high fae. Even meeting High Queen Winola had been illuminating and grand. The memories swirled inside her, giving her peace in these last few moments. They sparked and twinkled so strongly in her mind that she didn't realize when the sparking started happening outside her body, too. Narrowing her eyes, she managed to glance to the side. Near her right arm, lightning began to strike. The lightning strikes glowed golden with a touch of pink. As soon as one struck the ground, another one appeared to replace it. By the third strike, she realized the lightning was moving closer to her hand. Instead of pulling away from it like she might have done in the mortal realm, something in her heart told her to do the opposite. So she stretched her fingers out until the next lightning bolt struck in the center of her palm. It didn't hurt. It didn't zing or shake. It sent a tingling energy into her palm that quickly spread into her fingers as well. Keeping her hand in place, she waited for the next lightning strike. When that one hit, it didn't just tingle against her skin. It started forming an object. A new lightning strike hit, and then a new one. Her lips tilted upward as the item took shape. A sword. The magical weapon had a golden hilt with pink gems embedded in the crossguard. The silvery blade gleamed gold as the last lightning strike hit. Energy tingled inside her as she lifted her gaze to the source of the lightning. Plumia flew with her hands out in front of her. The color had completely drained from her face, which still had twice the determination Clara had ever seen. Though it felt like several long minutes, the entire weapon had only taken a second or two to form. The moment it was finished, Plumia dropped from the air into a heap on the black soil. The other pixies lifted their arms, but all of them were too weak to rush to Plumia's side. This weapon had been created through great sacrifice, and Clara would not waste it. Gripping the sword tight in her hand, she immediately shoved it into the soft spot under the nearest troll's arm. Ice-cold blood gushed from the wound. She had to spin to the side just to avoid the falling troll. The troll holding her feet pulled its hands back, ready to punch her. The moment it lifted its arms, she sliced her new weapon into that troll's armpit. It fell to the ground immediately. 
Now she whirled the sword around in a circle and ran toward the nearest troll. She'd never trained with any weapon in her life. Since she'd just managed to kill two trolls in two blows, she either had incredible prodigy-like skills, or, more likely, the weapon had been imbued with some sort of pixie magic to give her skills she never would have had on her own. When she reached her third troll, she killed that one too, giving more weight to the magic weapon theory. Only three trolls remained. One of them studiously ripped branches from the tree. Somehow, Revan had continued working so hard that there were still only about a dozen branches to reattach, even after all the ones the trolls had broken off. But he wasn't reattaching any tree branches now. He wasn't even looking at the trolls. He just stood with his arms at his side and his mouth open wide, staring straight at Clara. Yes, she decided impressing him was officially her favorite activity. His gaze jumped to her sword, and then to her face, and then to the trolls, and then to her face again. A little smile tugged at the corners of his lips. For a moment, she wondered if he'd keep on standing there just so he could have a perfect view as she fought the rest of the trolls. She whirled her weapon around with a little more flourish than necessary. At that, his mouth turned to a wide grin. He winked at her and then grabbed the nearest tree branch. After tossing it into the air, he caught it and melded it against the tree trunk in a single breath. Apparently he wanted to impress her too. It worked. But the trolls had finally decided that killing Clara was the only thing that mattered. One of them rushed toward her. It held its arms tight against its body and slammed into her with the full force of its chest. This would be trickier since it covered the weak part of its body with its stone-like arms. Testing out her magic weapon, she tried piercing its neck. The blade bounced off without even scratching the troll's skin. No matter. She had another idea. Twirling to one side, she jabbed the sword toward the troll's arm, as if intending to force the blade between the arm and the troll's body. The arm protected its weak spot, but the troll still had enough fear to use its opposite hand to protect the spot even more. But she hadn't been aiming for that spot. Not really. Instead, she had expected the troll to protect its soft spot, and she had already calculated just how much its other arm would move by doing so. Once the opposite arm went to protect the weak spot, she immediately changed her sword's direction until it landed deep within the troll's weak spot on the other side. A moment later, the troll landed against the black soil with a heavy thud. The last two trolls panted and growled at her, but they didn't charge. They had finally stopped trying to destroy the tree. Though she knew killing the trolls was the only way before, she also could see that things had shifted now. She moved closer to the tree while Revan worked on attaching the last few branches. Revan, are trolls bound by bargains the same way the high fae are? Revan nodded as he attached a branch to the tree. All creatures are bound if they make a bargain, even mortals. If a bargain is made, fairy itself will force the creature to fulfill that bargain. Turning back to the trolls, Clara lifted one eyebrow. Let's make a bargain. I will let you leave this valley with your lives. The trolls started backing away. She immediately took a step forward, pointing her sword at the nearest troll's armpit. In return, you will never return to Crystal Fall for any reason, and you'll free the mermaid you have captured in your cavern. She let the words settle, and then to be extra certain, 
she added a few more. You will never return to Crystalfall for the rest of your lives. The trolls glanced at each other. One of them half-heartedly curled its hand into a fist. But when it lifted its arm to aim, she set the tip of her sword against the soft spot under the troll's arm. After a gurgling gasp, the troll backed away. The other troll hid itself in the chest. Except, the troll nodded. Except. Taking a step forward, Clara glared at the second troll. And you? With a heavy sigh, the second troll nodded too. Except. Good. She lowered her sword to her side. Then leave. I never want to see another troll ever again. The trolls opened a fairy door and disappeared through it right away. Revan raised an eyebrow at her as soon as they were gone. There are other trolls in Fairfrost. Many other trolls. Her gut clenched. Do you think the other trolls will come here and destroy this tree? No. Revan shook his head. Trolls live in packs, and they do not care at all about the other packs. This pack was the only one that wanted to destroy the pixie's tree. The others do not care. I just find it curious that you spared their lives and even thought to rescue that mermaid. I do not know of any fae who would have done the same. She shrugged in response. I didn't want to lose my own life. I figured they would feel the same. Biting her lip, she glanced back at the pixies. All of them looked as sickly and weak as before. Plumia's body appeared especially dull. Clara's gaze turned back to the tree. Only six branches still needed to be attached. The moment Revan followed her gaze, he immediately lifted branches and melded them against the tree. It must have gotten easier for him after practicing with the others. He attached the final tree branches with ease. The moment he added the last one, a huge pulsing glow lit at the center of the trunk and then spread out throughout the rest of the trunk and branches. For several seconds, the tree glowed so brightly that it lit the area around them as if it were midday. Another huge pulse lit the tree even more, and the sound of jingling bells started. They chimed quietly at first, but the sound grew in volume until it filled the entire valley. Eventually, the glowing of the tree faded little by little. The sound of the bells lessened, too. In another few moments, the tree stood as golden and shiny as all the other trees in Crystal Fall, but it no longer glowed. When Clara glanced back at the pixies, they had not risen from their spots on the rocks and the soil, but the jewels on their clothing had the same sparkle and brightness as when she'd first met them. Each of the pixies rubbed their heads. It would probably take some time before they felt completely back to normal again, but clearly it was happening. A smile lifted Clara's lips. She was overcome with the urge to shout for joy, to twirl around, and to throw herself into Revan's arms all at the same time. Before she could do any of those things, she was abruptly reminded that she, Revan, and the Pixies were not the only ones there. It's finished. Fritz stood at the top of the hill with a crown of green pearls sitting on the palm of his hand. Clara swallowed hard. Tingling shivered through her limbs, turning her whole body rigid and tense. How had she forgotten about the crown? He started down the hill with his head held high as he looked over at the Fairfrost King. Don't forget that you made your own bargain with me. 
I got you your stupid crystal fall crown, which you easily could have made for yourself if you had only tried. Now you are required to take me to the creation magic. King Pavel held out one hand expectantly. His three guards stood behind him, still wearing expressions of indifference. Fritz dropped a calculating stare on each of them, but then he tossed the crown into the air. The tightness in Clara's gut turned from anxious to determined. The High Queen of Fairy had said only Fairy itself could choose the leaders for Crystalfall. Maybe King Pavel was willing to defy Fairy, but she wasn't. Gritting her teeth, she swiped her sword through the air. In a single slice, Fritz's crudely made crown shattered into tiny pieces. The broken pearl strands dropped to the ground as heavily as her cup and saucer had back at her parents' annual Christmas party. Fritz hissed through his teeth and formed fists with his hands. He lifted them and started toward Clara with murder in his eyes. Revan took a single step forward and grabbed a handful of Fritz's collar. Holding the clothing, Revan lifted Fritz off the ground. Then Revan spoke in a voice that could only be described as a growl. You will leave her alone, or else you will die. The moment Revan touched the collar, Fritz started squirming and gulping and trying to wriggle free. Revan set him down, and Fritz immediately took several steps back. He had been set on edge more than usual, and clearly had difficulty calming himself down. After one last hard swallow, he turned away from Revan. Despite the change in position, Fritz's knocking knees were obvious. However, he still did his best to ignore Revan, turning to the king. You still have to show me where the creation magic is. I never actually said I would get you a crown. I just said I knew how to get it, and I did. Now you have to fulfill your part of the bargain. King Pavel let out a hardened chuckle. We never made a bargain. You just made a claim and then a request. But unlike the trolls, I am bound by nothing. He dismissed Fritz with a wave of his hand. Now he turned to Revan. This mortal girl told me all about how the pixies enchanted you. Revan's eyebrow rose as he turned to Clara. The king continued before anyone else could have a chance to speak. Since you are clearly more simple-minded than I had realized, you may no longer guard the castle. When you return to Fairfrost, I want you to go to the outer city of Balalov instead. The confusion on Revan's face at the mention of the enchantment immediately vanished at the mention of his new assignment. Now a light sparked in his stormy eyes that lifted the heaviness weighing down his features. For the first time since Clara had met him, he wore true happiness, true relief. In a flash, the look was wiped away. He replaced it with one of mock sadness. Of course, my king, I understand. Even though he attempted a sad tone, Clara could still hear joy in his words. She had been right then. Being sent to an outer city would make it much easier for Revan and his brother to escape Fairfrost. Without another word, King Pavel opened a door, and he and his three soldiers disappeared through it. Revan might never have to see the king again. The moment they went out of sight, Fritz let out a scream that shook the air. Why is everyone so stupid? No one appreciates my genius or my ambition. He jerked his head toward Clara. An untamed look danced in his eyes. One of his eyes twitched repeatedly as he bared his teeth.
I'll find the creation magic myself then. I prefer doing things myself anyway, because then they actually get done. As he started climbing the hill, he kept muttering to himself, his tone growing more unhinged with each step. Just you wait. I will find that creation magic, and I will take the magic inside myself so that I too can have power like the Fae, and I will become the most powerful being in all of Fairy. He started a crazed chuckling that shook in the air. I'll take over everything. I will take over this entire court. Clara leaned a little closer to Revan and took in a steady breath. Only then was she ready to speak again. You will not take over. You'll be stopped. Fritz had reached the top of the hill now. He whirled around with eyes wide and his mouth in a twisted smile. I will destroy anyone who stands in my way. Who could be strong enough to stop me? Revan reached an arm around Clara's waist as he stood tall. The entire court will stand in your way. Fritz's eyes narrowed. Then I will destroy the entire court. I'll destroy Crystalfall. He gave that same crazed laugh again, which sent goosebumps across Clara's arms. Then he looked down at them with his lip curling. Believe me when I say nothing will stop me. He didn't wait around for more arguments after that. He stomped off, erupting in wild laughter every few steps. When he had gone far enough away that his laughter couldn't be heard anymore, Clara dared to look into Revan's eyes. He pulled her a little closer when she did. The pixies are starting to get up. They'll be heading to the nearest revel now. She leaned closer to him and looked up at him through her eyelashes. Don't you have to get back to Fairfrost to save your brother? Yes. He flashed a roguish grin. But I can do that in the morning. After a victory like this, it is only fitting that we revel. She matched his grin with one of her own. Her heart skipped in her chest. Whirling her around, he tucked her arm into the crook of his. And this time, you will be dancing with me. Chapter 20 Twinkling lights and upbeat music filled the thicket Clara and Revan stepped into. She went straight for one of the tables and lifted a golden plate. Without a second thought, she said, Asparagus with hollandaise sauce and potatoes. The food appeared on the plate instantly, and when she took a bite, it tasted better than any asparagus and potatoes she had ever eaten in the mortal realm. When Revan glanced at it, she handed him her fork, allowing him to have a taste. He chewed and swallowed, and even nodded after he had finished. But he wasn't done yet. With a challenge in his eye, Revan grabbed his own plate and said, Solyanka. A steaming bowl with a salty and sour broth sat on the plate in front of him. Chunks of meat and diced vegetables floated around, giving off the scent of herbs. He nudged it toward her. Reaching for the spoon that had appeared, she tried her first bite of fairy food. Her entire body melted, and a little moan escaped her mouth once the soup hit her tongue. She had never tasted anything so exquisite in her life. Revan thrust his chest out and grinned. It was a good thing she had no intention of ever returning to the mortal realm again. If she did, the food there would surely taste like dust compared to the delicious fairy food before her. He allowed her a few more spoonfuls of the soup, but then his face turned eager as he tugged her to the middle of the thicket for a dance. They didn't dance any of the dances she knew in the mortal realm, but it didn't matter. His arms were sure around her, 
He led her with perfect ease in graceful twirls and jumps. The music was lively, probably putting red into her cheeks. But the more she danced, the more she wanted to continue. Her feet didn't hurt this time, and she was no longer exhausted. She just wanted to continue dancing because being with Revan made her feel alive in a way she never wanted to forget. Couldn't forget. For the first time, she felt like she was truly living instead of just existing. When a slower, more romantic melody began, their dance changed to one that matched. Soon, he held her only inches away. Their bodies swayed and stepped, but they still had ample opportunity to stare into each other's eyes. It should have been easy to keep her gaze on his, especially since his stormy eyes had the most beautiful specks of blue in them. But somehow, her gaze kept trailing downward to his lips. Each time it did, he pulled her just a little bit closer. Soon, they were nearly nose to nose. He smiled before speaking. Most fae do not care for anyone except themselves. You saw how King Pavel acted during the fight. That is how nearly all fae are. They act only out of their own self-interest. Considering how the king and his soldiers had paid only the slightest attention while the trolls nearly killed Clara, she could see what he meant. Revan continued, But I care for my brother. I thought if I started to care for someone new... He dropped his head lower until the tip of his nose touched hers. I thought I would not be able to care for my brother anymore. After their noses touched, her entire body was a flutter, and she could barely think, let alone speak. Heat climbed up her neck. She only managed a single word in response. And? Revan stopped dancing then. I do care for him still. I care for him as much as I always have, but... He stood in silence for several seconds as he stared to the side. Words seemed to be as elusive for him as they had been for her. When he finally looked at her again, his gaze lured her in like bait. His hand reached up, tucking a strand of hair behind her ear. I do not understand how, but you have captured my heart. I suddenly cannot imagine a future unless you are in it. The last bit of sense that she had left evaporated away with those words. She leaned into him with all the longing her years in a suffocating betrothal had not allowed. When she lifted herself up on her tiptoes, he came down to meet her at the same time. His lips that pressed against hers were hot and soft and just as magical as the revel around them. He wrapped his arms tighter around her waist, pulling her even closer as the kiss deepened. Her hand started at his shoulder where it had been sitting for the dance, but now it trailed higher until her fingers tangled into the inviting strands of his hair. She felt the kiss everywhere inside her, but mostly in her heart. He held her gently, brushing his hand across her back. When he pulled away to look into her eyes again, her pulse could not stop dancing. With the smallest grin on his lips, he leaned in again for a kiss even more ravenous than the first. The world could have been burning around them, and Clara never would have known. So entranced she was by her nutcracker of Crystal Fall. It probably would have lasted longer except for the familiar sound of twinkling bells nearby. They pulled away, but Revan kept his arms around her. 
She turned toward the noise, resting her cheek against his chest. Plumia flew next to them, wearing the face of a creature who had known death a little too closely. Several pixies surrounded her. Their skin practically glowed, and their jeweled clothes sparkled and glittered. Plumia looked even more alive than ever. The moment was perfect. Well, almost perfect. Right then, Clara remembered the terrible truth she immediately wanted to shove away and forget forever. The Fae were immortal. Revan would live forever, while Clara would age and die, just like mortals always did. Something about Plumia's face reminded her of that. Even though the pixie smiled, she looked a little sad at seeing Clara wrapped in Revan's arms. But even if the pixie was remembering Clara's mortality, it did not stop her from lifting both her arms into the air and speaking loudly. You saved us, Clara, of the mortal realm. You saved our tree even though you had no bargain, vow, or favor that required you to do so. During the fight with the trolls, you even stood like a shield in front of us and stopped the trolls from hurting us when we were our most vulnerable. The pixies around her nodded and fluttered their wings, giving off delightful chimes. Now Plumia's face turned more serious. I once learned from a wise young mortal that sometimes actions do not have to be compelled by bargains, vows, favors, or even personal interest. Sometimes actions can be compelled by honor. At the sound of that word, Clara immediately remembered the conversation she'd had with the pixie about honor. Plumia raised her hand and glanced back at the other pixies. When she did, they all nodded, and a new song started. Plucked cello strings created a bouncing bass theme. Only a moment later, bells with a celestial tinkling sound joined in. The song had a playful melody as beautiful as Plumia herself. Flying and swooping in time with the music, the pixies danced around Clara. As they moved, a golden necklace with a large pink diamond pendant began forming around her neck. The pink jewel sparkled in the twinkling light of the thicket. She could feel the energy that buzzed inside it down to her very bones. It filled her body with a sensation of life. When the pixies finished and flew back behind Plumia, that sad look in her eye had disappeared. An expression of pure joy replaced it now. I do not have the magic to make you truly immortal, but this amulet will greatly slow your aging. Plumia flew a little higher and gestured toward the golden necklace. Someday you will die of old age, but with this amulet you will live many ages longer than you would have without it. The pixie glanced at Revan and back to Clara. She threw them both a smirk. I am certain you will find a use for such magic. Clara touched the amulet, hardly able to breathe. Was it possible her life could have turned from such misery to such perfection in such a short time? She knew it couldn't possibly be a dream, and yet she still had difficulty believing it was real. Reality was easier to accept when Revan pulled her a little closer again. He brushed two fingers across the pink diamond pendant and smiled. She knew better than to say thank you but she still nodded at the pixies and placed her hands over her chest 
with an expression that hopefully said it for her. When they flew away, their chiming wings sounded happier than ever. Turning back to Revan, she caught him looking off into the distance. After several long moments of silence, Clara whispered to him, Are you thinking of your brother? Yes. Revan immediately reached for the blue knit scarf around his neck. He touched it like it was the key to his brother's rescue. I think we've reveled enough, she said. Let's go find your brother and bring him back to Crystalfall. The smile that split across Revan's face sent Clara into a fit of flutters once again. His eyes looked brighter than ever. I cannot wait for you to meet him. Ludo can be a bit grumpy in some circumstances, but in the most endearing way. He has always been a good brother to me. Clara took Revan's hand and started leading him away from the thicket. She had a feeling Revan had always been a good brother, too. She gestured at the empty space ahead. Let's go, then. Let's go meet Ludo. Revan opened his fairy door, which smelled of peppermint and pomegranate and had walls of sparkling blue smoke. Whatever adventure awaited them next, Clara was excited they'd be facing it together. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Part 5 of Nutcracker of Crystal Fall by K.L. Moody, narrated by Corinne Norton. If you enjoyed listening to Kay's story, make sure to check out her upcoming book, Curse and Crystal Thorns, which can be pre-ordered on her website. And to prove my earlier point about ordering directly from an author having better deals, if you get it from her site, it comes with two full-color interior pages and has the option for a gift set. Be sure to check that out at martinpressbooks.com. I would love to know how you all felt about the story being split up over five episodes. I think it adds a fun suspense element, just like a TV series being released week to week, but I also know that in today's culture, we're not used to waiting for things, and we don't always like it. And regardless of what I want, I want this podcast to meet the needs of all of you who are listening. So I've put together a simple poll that I would love to get your feedback on. This is not about whether or not you liked Nutcracker of Crystal Fall, because I'm certain all of you did. This is about whether or not you liked listening to a longer story in a serial format spread over multiple weeks. I still plan to use short stories on a regular basis, but I would love to know if I could throw in a longer one every now and then if I think it's one everyone should hear. So please go to findingfantasyreads.com poll and let me know with one click whether or not that additional format appeals to you. Next week, we'll return to our normal schedule of short stories while I ponder the results of the poll and how to move forward. Thank you all for listening, and happy reading. <laughs>